This episode is brought to you by Vin Italy International Academy, the toughest Italian wine program. 1,000 candidates have produced 262 Italian wine ambassadors to date. Next courses in Hong Kong, Russia, New York, and Verona. Think you make the cut? Apply now at vinitalyinternational.com. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. Join us as we present our new seven-part series with our fantastic partner, E&J Gallo Winery. We are proud to present this series of interviews, diving deep into the heritage and legacy of their portfolio of excellent Italian producers in the run-up to the launch of the new brand identity for their importer, which will be shared on March 16th in an episode with Maria Lisa Allegrini. Tune in every Saturday from March 5th through to April 16th as we take an intimate look at these respected historic producers and their role as part of the Gallo family of luxury wines. And remember to check out our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for incredible video content featuring a visit to Arjano. Hello, my name is Stevie Kim, and this is the uh, Italian Wine Podcast on the Road series, which means that it will be also a video feature in the Mama Jumbo Shrimp. So this is a special series we've created with Gallo and their luxury brand portfolio. We're here with Bernardino Sandi. Is that, did I Sani, pronounce? Yes. Oh, Sani. Yes. Okay. Sandi. Sandi or, Sani or whatever. Sandi. Sandi. So Bernardino is, of course, the big cheese. He's the boss of, of Argiano Winery. And right now we are going to do some wine tasting from your winery. Right. Okay, so let's. How many wines? First of all, do you do? You, how many labels do you have? So, as you can see here, the production of Argiano wines is divided into the historical traditional wines, the Sangiovese-based wine, mm-hmm. Rosso di Montalcino, Brunello di Montalcino Classico, Riserva di Brunello di Montalcino, and Brunello Vigna del Suolo. Plus, we do have two Super Tuscan wines, okay. the non-confunditor, the NC and the Solengo. So, in total, we make six wines, all red wines, all produced from and grapes sourced here in uh, in Argiano Estate, organic certified, and uh, I have here a map for you. Okay. Just to show, we are. Don't here. test me later. And all the maps are all the vineyards are surrounding us. The red is the Sangiovese, so the main. Ah, okay, so it's it's, uh, it's all red. Uh, the main production right. is Sangiovese. Yes, of course, being in Montalcino. So, give us a little bit of a background. Or when did Argiano Winery um, start? From the very very beginning, so just the, give us a very a brief timeline. The, the history is huge. The history is huge. Argiano Estate, like it is now, like as it's now, dates back to the 1580th century, and since there they were producer of uh, of grapes and wine. From uh, the late 19th century, Argiano joined Biondisanti among a few other wineries of Montalcino in the production of the Brunello di Montalcino. When he created actually the Brunello di Montalcino in the 60, 1967, Argiano was the founder. One of the founders, 25 founders of uh, Consorzio del Brunello, and uh, uh, has been an important uh, producer of uh, Brunello di Montalcino. As many other wineries, uh, historically, uh, with a lot of history, it went through different owners, different styles, different epochs, uh, gold times, less gold times. Recently, has been bought by the Esteves family, and since there, since 2013, uh, it launched a lot of projects, all 
based on the conception of uh, being Garciano, one of the most uh, beautiful, important historical sites of Montalcino, we also want to do some of the most uh, terroir-driven, uh, classic, uh, uh, nice expression of Montalcino wines. So for the kind of the wine geeks out there, give us a little bit about the, the various microclimates in terms of altitude, exposition, and the type of soil. So we are in the southwest side of the hill of Montalcino, mm -hmm. around 300 meters above the sea level, facing directly the Mediterranean Sea. We do have two kinds of soils, a lower side of the estate where we have soils that are very rich in clays. Then we have a northern area that is also a little bit higher. It goes from 300 to 325 meters above the sea level. And is this one. This one is where we have the best Sangiovese for Brunello di Montalcino. Why? Because the soil here is a mixture of clays and limestones. The clays are important because they give the power to the wine, but the limestones is what gives uh, the, the vertical taste, the soury feeling in the mouth, the longevity in the wine. Why there's a lot of limestones here? Because uh, 20 million years ago, the ocean was covering all these lands. When it retired, it left a lot of shells. And now, two meters uh, behind us, there's still a lot of those shells, uh, fossilly, that gives uh, a, a lot of uh, limestones to the, to the soil. If you want to go very... Kiki. Kiki. <laughs> we did a micromap project with Pedro Parra in mm -hmm. 2015. We micromapped Pedro all the Parra is, um, a Spaniard. Is a yeah, Chilean terroir expert. Is a geologist. He he he's basically from Chile. He's from Chile. He's uh, uh, obsessed with soils. He digs two meters digs. He analyzed the soil's composition. He analyzed the electroconductivity of the soils. He differentiate all the different soils. And based on that, the clones that you have there, the exposition of the vineyards, all together, it makes a micro map, a map that tells you about what are the very best of the best specific uh, lands and vineyards that you have in your estate. Uh, this is the same map I showed you before with the different kind of soils. If we take this and we make it bigger, we go here in this part, we have the six best micro terroirs, micro uh, parcels of vineyards of Sangiovese where we do Brunello di Montalcino. With this one, we do the Vigna del Suolo that you will taste later. Okay. That is a single vineyard. The other goes in the final blend of Brunello. Okay, so we're going to be tasting six wines. Where do we start? We start from the Rosso di Montalcino 2019. Okay. Let me see if it's okay. It's bad. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. And... Uh, so Rosso 19 comes from vineyards of Sangiovese between 15 and 25 years old. We tend to use the vineyard that we have in front, right here in front of the estate, that is the Oliviera vineyard, as it gives usually the most fresh, fruity expression of Sangiovese. In the Rosso di Montalcino, what is the idea? We like to make a Rosso that is a very traditional, classic Sangiovese, so not a little Brunello, completely different different wine, fresh, fruity, gastronomic, uh, with uh, its own characteristic, uh, not meant to be super complex, uh, but very nice, uh, fresh, red fruit, uh, cherry, almost, nose uh, from the Sangiovese. 
and uh, a nice acidity, nice freshness, nice uh, saltness in the mouth mm -hmm. that makes it very gastronomic, especially with our local food. So antipasti, pasta, cheeses, uh, all that, it goes very well. It's what we used to drink uh, in the past uh, in regular basis, and now people drink less, but we still want people to enjoy uh, more than a glass, uh, just a glass of wine. And so, so this, is, this is the uh, 19, the vintage. When was this released? In um, last year, in 21st, it was released after nine months of um, aging in a big oak barrel, a 5,000 liters oak barrels, and a little some months in the bottle. It's 19 that was a fantastic vintage. So watch out for uh, when the Brunello will reach the market because 19 uh, had uh, pretty much the same characteristic as the 16. Cool, Which was pretty a very winter, yeah. yes. And uh, long uh, summer time with cool nights, uh, warm days, uh, sun rains here and there to refresh the vines. So you have um, complexity, you have color, you have richness, a good quantity in production, and at the same time, it maintained the freshness of the Sangiovese. So can I ask you from, from a consumer perspective, right. how much is this wine, how much is this wine in, in America, for example? So it's um, usually what's happening is that uh, this uh, is extremely popular in Europe, very gastronomic wine, mm -hmm. people here loves it, it goes very well in the restaurants here, so is uh, comparing to the Brunello, the export percentage is less on the Rosso di Montalcino. Anyway, we... Because do... the Europeans are smarter. This <laughs> is such, you know, it's the Rosso di Montalcino, I think it's great value, especially... I... You know, I agree. I, I'm, I, for example, my taste. Uh, I, I love uh, Lamke Nebbiolo. I love uh, yeah. some Valpolicella. I love Rosso di Montalcino. I like some Etna wines. So I like wines that have freshness, yeah. acidity, very Which gastronomic. Some people uh, tends to prefer a little bit more full body wines. Yeah, it, more it can muscular. Be, yeah, it can be a little bit dry for someone. The Rosso di Montalcino. So do you sell this? I mean, is this oh, available yeah, no, in America? Yeah, absolutely. And how much is a, a bottle of, in retail? In Just so that I can understand. In retail, uh, I have you sold it in wine.com. Right? I saw it last time I was in New York uh, in a pizzeria in Brooklyn. You know, they are expensive. It was around fifty-five dollars. But that was in that was in. In retail know, would be thirty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, I mean, twenty-five is, to thirty. This is such a you know great value. Ah yes, right? Yes, it is. It's uh, it's uh, considering. It's made with the grapes uh, that uh, could be used for Brunello. It's made with uh, vineyards that are treated in exactly the same way, aged in the same barrels of Brunello, just a shorter time and just uh, differently to maintain more freshness, less uh, and maybe less extraction. Yeah, I mean, a wine like this, $25, $30 retail, great value. Yeah. Especially when you compare it to French wines. Ah, uh, def I mean, yeah, definitely, yes. Okay. I think this is a good point. Is uh, one great thing is still you still find in Italy is that the so-called second wine quality is extremely good. Yeah. Overall. But it's it's a it's a paradox, right? I mean, in Brunello, Montalcino, you produce more Brunello than Rosso di Montalcino. Yeah. The the number. It's, you, I don't understand that really. They never wanted to expand the vineyards in Montalcino, so they they started with a very limited close register of vines for Brunello and Rosso, and uh, despite the success that they, those wines had. They never wanted to to group with uh, with volumes, and so it's still uh, 
limited. The number is 2,000 hectares uh, of uh, Brunello, the Montalcino vineyards only. And so um, the biggest part of the grape is used for the Brunello still. Okay. All right. So let's go to the next wine. And what are we drinking? Brunello di Montalcino, 16. And so, this was released um, when? This was released in uh, 2020. So this so is last uh, year. Yeah, this was released no, no. two years ago two years after ago. the uh, when the COVID started. Actually. Yeah, so it's, it's a great year, great vintage. It's a great right? vintage, and uh, sixteen. Uh, why it's a great vintage? It's uh, it's a perfect kind of a perfect weather for Sangiovese because the winter days were cold, over even chilly in January. Then in the sun, in the springtime, uh, some rains in May, followed by a summertime that was. Uh, a pretty long one, but uh, never too hot and uh, extremely different temperature between nighttime and daytime. Uh, these are lowered to harvest uh, in the end of October here, uh, selecting the best parcels, the best uh, vineyards of Sangiovese, uh, fermenting them separately in uh, cement tanks aging them in uh, oak barrels between uh, 1,000 liters and uh, 5,000 liters and bottled for one year and a half. So I'm curious, so the new owner came on in 2017. Yeah. Has the winemaking, because this was on the cusp uh, with the new owners, right? Right. Has the winemaking style changed? Has it it changed pretty much as um, um, Argiano in the last uh, 20 years uh, had um, a, a history of winemakers, starting with Giacomo Takis, uh, then was Hans Winding. They all tend to uh, make pretty high concentration wines and uh, to age the Sangiovese in uh, Barrique. So the wines were rich, pretty powerful. While uh, with um, Esteves coming, uh, we decided to switch to very classic style. So when I say very classic style, meaning uh, not too much concentration, try to be very respectful of the, of the fruit, of the terroir, and uh, an aging in barrel that is a little bit more gentle, so not too much tannins from the oak, mm -hmm. pretty neutral oak aging, and wines that are probably also a little bit more long aging. We took uh, as examples the Argiano wines from the 70s, that if you drink them now, they are still very fresh, very alive. So the acidity is higher, and uh, the way we conduct the vineyards um, is with uh, a little bit less density and uh, even sometimes some higher yields, mm -hmm. just not to force too much the grapes, to maintain balance, the finesse. Hmm. Okay, what are we tasting next? The Riserva di Brunello, so 2016 Riserva di Brunello, and uh, this is just released, just been released. So you released it just now, because yeah. it's longer aging, right? Longer aging, one year more in the bottle, not in the wood. The right. wood aging is pretty much the same. It's coming from uh, specific parcels uh, of, uh, of Sangiovese, that is uh, vigna that has a pretty high concentration um, a clone of uh, Sangiovese. And, but uh, are they not coming from the same parcel? This one specifically the... is almost uh, one parcel. That is uh, okay. this, uh, this one. Okay. Because uh, it has the higher concentration, uh, so we think it's good to be to use that for uh, the more long-aging wine that we do, that is the, 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 the Riserva di Brunello. And uh, the... Um, 
Fermentation is pretty much the same as in the Brunello. The aging process is in smaller casks, slightly smaller casks. We go from 500 liters to 1,000 liters cask. Let's talk about a little bit about the tasting notes. Just not crazy right. geeky. But between these two, right, they're very similar, but one was basically age, it has longer aging requirements, right? Right, right. So in terms of the tasting note, like what, what are the main differences? So in the Brunello di Montalcino, I feel it um, very classic uh, nose, a little fruit, a cherry nose from the Sangiovese, and then uh, some spices, not too much leather, not too much uh, oak behind, uh, very fresh uh, mouth. The Riserva di Brunello, comparing to the, to the Brunello, does have already some more... A spicy leather notes, a little bit more complexity in the nose, uh, some more oak in the background, uh, and the mouth is a little bit more rich, more large. The Rosso di Montalcino is very fruity, very extremely fruity, nice, vibrant, uh, fresh. And what about food pairing? What, how would you pair these three wines? So they, they, the good point to me in this kind of wine of Argiano is that they are not the kind of Brunello or Barolo where that are very rich, very concentration, high in concentration, and where you need uh, meat uh, for, for sure, or uh, big aged cheese or something like that. Uh, here, you can play a lot. Rosso di Montalcino, especially when it's a little bit chilled, you can eat it, we drink it uh, even with uh, some kind of fish, like uh, the cold fish uh, or uh, bacala livornese, ah, or cold fish. And, uh, and, uh, but bacala with tomato, <laughs> tomato sauce? Tomato, garlic okay. sauce. And uh, chicken uh, goes perfectly, and uh, roasted pork goes perfectly. Uh, pasta dishes is very Listen, good. Listen, you were telling me that you worked also in America, Yeah, right. right. So what kind of American, like international food rather would other than the Italian classic food pairing because you know not everyone eats Italian food every day no that's right? what I was so, say, so yeah. what kind of food for I don't sure. know tacos the, for um, sure we, we did a tasting uh, at the um, in New York uh, two years ago and uh, I don't know if I can make names but uh, we paired uh, Brunello with uh, Shake Shack uh, burgers. Ah, it's so, burgers it's a mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it is when it, when a wine is elegant, uh, have acidity, have salty mouth, it goes very well with uh, pretty much every kind of food. I would avoid Japanese food. I mean, sushi. especially sushi. But for the rest, it can go from pizza. The rosso with pizza think, is I amazing. Mean, maybe the, the reserva, rosso. You the, can go with some sushi. Maybe the rosso, yeah. yes. Not. The Brunello. The Brunello and the yeah. Reserva, no. A Mexican food goes super good. With what about, this. like, um, Asian cuisine? Asian cuisine, very well, except for the very spicy or sweet uh, one. When you sometimes, in, in China, for example, you have, depending on the region, because you know China, mm -hmm. it's like Italy. Mm -hmm. You go region by region, the food no changes completely. Hot pot uh, can cover this. <laughs> it, uh, the, it can kill each other. The, 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 what I love with the Rosso is the fried chicken, for example. Mm. And uh, my, they, they... Everything is good with fried chicken. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> right. Especially Korean fried chicken. But uh, the, another thing that I love is uh, rice in general, especially South American rice. So my wife is from Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. They make rice with beans, uh, 
and pork and that with the Brunello goes uh, especially well and uh, tacos absolutely absolutely good and of course with the Reserva you can already go for the classical so also steakhouse and uh, uh, steak and cheese sandwiches uh, all that but uh, even the Reserva can can be drunk with different kind of food. okay fantastic so I, I I'm afraid to ask you but there is actually another Brunello there is there is so why why did you I'm going to pour out the rosso so that we can just compare why is there a need for yet another Brunello? So the idea behind the, the Vigna del Suolo was to create something... Which is where we've just been, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Was to create something that uh, really, and in a straight way, speak you about Arjano. So when we thought about what Arjano here is, uh, we thought about history, because this is place is full of history. We thought about elegance, because uh, the symmetry and the beauty of the Renaissance style is uh, the, an elegant way of doing things. And uh, we thought about a specific terroir. We have a special soil uh, composition. We are in a different position than other vineyards. What was the wine that could tell you about this? The Vigna del Suolo is uh, the most uh, ancient vineyards that we have. So this so, is your mer mer the most prestigious yeah, wine, right? Yeah, it won, uh, was the best wine for Gambero Rosso Guide in this year. So oh, this was the year. best red uh, of 2022. Gambero Guide uh, and... Uh, it's a very specific parcel. It's made out of uh, vineyards of uh, 65 years old, specific all vines, clones, yeah. old vines, specific clones of Sangiovese. Uh, it tells you about history because it's the oldest vineyard. It's the most elegant uh, expression of Sangiovese. So it tells you about the elegance of uh, Brunello of Arciano and tells you about a specific terroir because... Uh, Vignaret Solo has the soil composition that you don't find anywhere else. It's what about the winemaking? So the, the different fer terms of... fermentation is happening in um, uh, cement tanks and uh, the so this is cement tank. Yeah, not not the eggs. The the one that you saw. Yeah, uh, they have a, a X shape almost. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the aging is in barrel X-shaped that you saw over uh, there. Okay. So. The, the so what about the uh, the terms of the volume? How many? It's five thousand bottles. Oh, so it's yeah, it's a small parcel. We don't use it uh, completely because we use it uh, still in the blend of Brunello di Montalcino. The vineyard is four hectares. Mm -hmm. What we use for uh, Vignale Solo is just uh, a selection of grapes, and we use the rest in the Brunello di Montalcino. We could do uh, technically twenty thousand bottles of Vignale right. Solo. When did you start? What was fifteen? Fifteen was the first. Yeah, vintage. this is the second vint. So you've started it with a great vintage, fifteen sixteen. So indeed, uh, we could have been starting from the fourteen, but um, we wanted to use a big vintage for the for for launching the vineyard soil, and we started with the fifteen. And what is the difference in terms of in, in the on the palate? What is the uh, what I feel uh, is a more complexity in the nose, so it goes from uh, f the fruit to some floral notes, mm -hmm. and uh, there's some uh, spices behind, but not too much. No, no leather notes here. It's very straight. Yeah, it's, there's no. Um, and, leather. Uh, 
and uh, what I love in the, in the mouth is the saltness of the wine. It's very sour, it's almost salty. And this uh, made it another great uh, uh, food pairing wine. The acidity is high, the longevity is great in this wine. The balance and the tannins, there's a lot of tannins, but they're very silky, very nice, soft feeling in the mouth. But it's, it's a tannic bugger, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're making 5,000 bottles, I mean, how does the allocation work? Uh, no, we just give to specific uh, clients so based on the notoriety of the clients, on the it's almost like a club. Michelin, yes. It's almost collectors, like uh, the Napa club, wine clubs. Right. right. So it goes in some uh, specific Michelin star restaurant and some collector portfolio. So special allocation. Special allocation, yes. But anyway, this is uh, in US, should be above 200 euros mm -hmm. for, for bottle. Uh, this is uh, from... 60 to 100 euros and the Rosso di Monte. Don't worry, if you get it wrong, you can't get fired because you're the boss. No, it's not me. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the price in the United States. But, uh, and then uh, there should be around 25, 30 euros for the Rosso di Montalcino. Listen, so no whites? No. Will there be whites in the future? No, it's not uh, a great area for whites. Mm, here. I know. I don't think we, we can make any special whites this is why we don't do it maybe okay. we could do a vinsanto or we could do mm -hmm. a, some nice moscadello but uh, sweet wines so but white wines uh, there's no i don't think the specific terroir is good for mm -hmm. white okay all right so we have two more wines i love yes. this wine by the way we have two more wines and they're we can say Super Tuscan? Absolutely, yes. Because it's, it's a Bordelaise blend, right? It's a Bordelaise wine, and you know the history, the Argiano is in Montalcino. Montalcino, it's all about Sangiovese. 90% of producers do Sangiovese. Yeah, of course. Uh, Argiano, in the 90s, had a consultant winemaker that was Giacomo Takis, mm -hmm. the father of all the Super Tuscan wine. He went to war for Antinori, started... Uh, the production of Tignanello, then he made Solaya, then he worked for Sassicaia. He came to Argiano and in 95 he started to make uh, the Solengo. Solengo, it's a blend, it's a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, 50%, with Merlot, Petit Verdot and Sangiovese. Mm -hmm. More or less is 20% uh, Merlot, 25% of Petit Verdot, so it's a big, powerful wine, and 5% of Sangiovese. Some years later, after the Solengo creation, they started to make uh, the non-confunditor, the NC, that uh, followed the Solengo. It's like the Rosso for the Brunello. It's uh, a Solengo in the, similar to Solengo in terms of blend because it's Cabernet, Merlot and Sangiovese, mm -hmm. but uh, much more fresh, fruity, lighter aging, uh, maybe less full body, less complexity. Very nice uh, food pairing wine also here. Which one are we drinking first? We're drinking first the NC 2019. So this is Merlot, Cab and uh, Sangiovese. Yeah. What, what are in the percentage of the blend? Cabernet is 50%. A Merlot is around uh, 30% and 20% is Sangiovese. 20% on this yeah. one. It's very fresh, very fruity. Eh? Yeah. yeah, very fruity. Yeah. Red fruit, a lot of red fruit. And this is a vintage? 19. 19. Yeah. How is the 19 vintage? Mm, extremely good. Uh, for both Sangiovese and Cabernet and Merlot, for, for all of them, was extremely good. Extremely 
rich vintage but not too warm uh, we had um, a difference of times uh, between night and days uh, we had uh, complexity good production so it was extremely good vintage incredibly fruity this is very good price for value mm-hmm. entry. this is goes um, sometimes you can find even around 20 dollars in the shelves yeah it's so. very good value then and how how many bottles do you produce of this we are around 10,000 cases of this, 120,000 bottles. So I've noticed that you don't have the family stem here, right, on these yeah. two, cause, because these are the, the blends? Yeah, exactly. So the, the idea is that um, Argiano and, and the history we is all, uh, Brunello. They all have the family stem, right? Those are two brands that are almost uh, separate from the, from the history of Argiano, and we want to maintain this. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's taste... Solengo. Yep. Also here is the 19. This is the, this is really just uh, released now. So Are you just released? Just it? now. And the blend here is Cabernet 50%, uh, 30% Merlot and uh, around uh, 15% of uh, Petit Verdot and 5% of Sangiovese. And so basically the the main difference is the Petit, Petit Verdot. Uh, yes, very uh, and you know, small percentage of Sangiovese. Petit Verdot is high in concentration and uh, makes this wine extremely powerful. Uh, Solengo, you, you know the name Solengo, is the name uh, the local hunters here call the wild board. So the uh, wild board when he's alone is called Solengo. The male wild board when he's alone is the big uh, boy. And um, the reason is that uh, this wine is powerful and is pretty much unique in the area. And uh, and uh, indeed, uh, it's a full body, complex, long, extremely long aging uh, Bordeaux style wine. Uh, vintage nineteen was uh, again very good, as it was for the NC. Much more tannic and more green. Full body, yeah. yeah, much more um, green pepper. Yeah, th- this is the Petit Verdot mm. that yeah. gives this peppery, yeah. uh, spicy. Yeah, just with spicy. a small blend change. The two different wines, completely. yeah, completely different. Yeah, wines. They, you're right because the, the grapes pretty much are come They're from similar, the same area. Except we, you have fifteen yeah, percent of yeah. Petit and some old uh, Sangiovese. So older Sangiovese means uh, 2016 uh, Sangiovese in the blend to give some um, more acidity, more push. So listen, I so this uh, series you're you're kicking off the series with Gallo and their luxury portfolio, right? So there's something new. This is the first episode of a series that we're launching because there's going to be some breaking news, right? What is right. the breaking news? I cannot tell you, but uh, <laughs> there is <laughs> there there will be a rebranding. Everybody rather, is uh, super excited, right? Uh, and uh, they are uh, a, you know you know Gallo family they take care of every detail they study the the perfect way to to transmit their passion about uh, family of wines about uh, wines terroir about uh, wine quality and uh, so they are launching this uh, new amazing project i know it but i cannot tell yes secret okay but on the for the uh, viewers out there and our audience on the 16th of march they will be making this announcement so stay tuned and uh, follow us and subscribe so you can get that news um, directly from from us. When did Arjano become part of the uh, Gallo portfolio? Good question. In, in terms uh, of distribution and 
It what was uh, 2017. So 2017. Fairly, so with the new owner, right, 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 right. Yeah, I took the decision. I loved the project, the Lux project, the portfolio of wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, the amazing Barolo from Ratti, Marilisa Amarone, and uh, Piero Panzoave, Yerman. They, have, they put together an amazing portfolio. It looked like a very a special way of being in United States market, so I we joined them and uh, we have been working closer for the past uh, now. It's uh, uh, almost uh, five years, so we are very happy of this. So we spoke a little bit about the the Arjano history. Can you tell us a little bit more about the family stem? Right, because we 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 saw it also on the. It's in the cellar. Yeah, in the the, cellar. Right. So, first of all, why this? Because uh, Argiano has been going through different owners. The one who started was uh, the Pecci family, different from this. Then uh, Cinzano family, then now Esteves family. So, different owners. Why this family crossed from the Gaetani Lovatelli family? Because this family was the one who was very important for Argiano development since they were the owners of Argiano at the times the Brunello started. So they started the production of Brunello, uh, joining Biondisanti in this, and they started to use this label. So from the became, very beginning. From the very beginning. So it became pretty much an iconic label for Brunello. And family members, the Gaetani, that is the wave here, Papa Gaetani was mentioned by Dante Alighieri in the Divina Commedia, Bonifacio VIII was the name by Pope, mm-hmm. as, as Pope. And um, uh, Lovatelli, that is the, the, the bird here, the white bird, Daragona. It's a dove, It's right? a dove, yes. Yeah. And the Daragona, the eagle of the Aragon. Eagle. They were counts, and so they have the crown. So what I'm going to ask you now is kind of sum up you know, our genre, right. for, especially for the people who are maybe less familiar or they've never heard of you. Right. What are kind of the five things that you want them to know, like five must know about Argiano winery and Argiano wines? So Ar- number one. Number one is, uh, a, I'm, I repeat myself, but it's a history. There's not so much history in Montalcino as it is in Argiano. Similar, uh, yeah. It is 500 years of uh, winemaking, but most, more than that, uh, uh, the, the, the castle is really existing since the Middle Ages and then uh, uh, transformed into this in the Renaissance time and then went through so much history that history is a big thing. Sometimes when you the, change hands in terms of ownership, sometimes there's a period when it is not as, there's not a smooth transition or there's a little bit of lost in translation, if you will, right? So, right. so mm-hmm. number one, it's it, it has a very long history, right. Arjano, yes. and maybe people are unaware. Number two? Number two is what I love of Montalcino in general, but uh, is the fact that uh, if you come to Argiano and you look around six, 360 degrees, you don't see anything new. It's uh, The nature here is still untouched. The beauty of the nature is something unique. It was very isolated place and has remained untouched by human hand for so long that is still you you breathe the same air that you could have been breathing 500 years ago okay and number three number three the wines because we went through so many new projects in the past eight years that we are all dedicated to quality starting from the vineyards and going on with the cellar with the restoration of the cellar it's all a lead 
by the fact of producing amazing uh, terroir-driven wines. So if you want to feel some, some taste, some wines that tells you about terroir, tells you about the history, tells you about what we are, you should come here and taste the new, especially the recent vintages of, uh, of Argiano. And then? Then uh, we do have, uh, we are pretty proud of uh, our sustainability projects. We have been the first... Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about the... Because are you completely organic, certified we, we organic? We are certified organic, uh, Beside that, we are the first. Uh, we have been the first plastic-free winery in Montalcino, banning all the monousable plastic. Mm-hmm. We have been doing uh, last year carbon neutrality project. Uh, that uh, that means that uh, we presented a specific uh, study that studied all our emissions and uh, our capacity of absorbing them. And uh, this count uh, was positive for us because uh, we, we almost, uh, uh, we are able to take uh, back uh, double what we produce in terms of uh, uh, carbonic gas and, uh, and the gas responsible for global warming. Okay, and lastly? Last thing about uh, Argiano, in it's... The people, because uh, be, beside uh, every winery, we try to have good people. And uh, beside every wine, but not only, we have a fabulous hospitality team that, uh, especially in the high season, in the good season, so from springtime to fall time, uh, is able to host people in a, in a very specific uh, way that is uh, Think for every single customer. So you don't do a generic tasting. You tell us what you like. We organize something specifically for you. You stay here. You brief the history. You can visit uh, everywhere. Uh, the cellar, you will be eating uh, good food uh, prepared by our So there chef. is a restaurant? There is a restaurant mm-hmm. uh, that uses only local ingredients, uh, only food from Tuscany, and uh, you match pear and great food. It's, it's a nice 360-degree uh, experience in Arjan. Listen, I would like for you to tell us a little bit about the, the hospitality here in terms of, you have also rooms, yeah, yeah right? We, we do. We do How have many a, rooms do you have? We have uh, 11 rooms in total, so it's a boutique uh, wine resort, and uh, it's three apartments uh, only that have been uh, restored uh, using uh, uh, the same materials of the villa, so during mm-hmm. the renovation of the villa, we used uh, what was the woods, like here, for making the, the old woods to make the tables, uh, to make the furnitures. Uh, and the agriturismo is just uh, in front uh, of the winery, of the villa estate, uh, has a nice uh, pool uh, and relaxed uh, area, has uh, the restaurant, uh, has the possibility to do bikes tour, uh, horse riding, uh, and of course uh, to brief. It's made for people who wants to, not only to visit a special and beautiful place, but to learn something about wine. So it's very related for mm-hmm. to, to, to the wine production, wine tasting, and wine exploring. Um, I had the pleasure of staying in one of your rooms right. last night. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I think... You know, it, it is very worthwhile to come and stay here, especially if you want to get away from, you know, the rat race, the rest of the world, because there's nothing around. It's very quiet. So I guess that that is it. We can wrap it up. One last thing is the cellar where we are, because, of course, we had a short tour before. What was the philosophy? Who was the architect behind the, the, the planning um, of the cellar? 
so it's it's a it's a great question and i love to ask we started why we started the renovation of the cellar we started because uh, it was not possible anymore to age wine in bad condition like it was so we we asked the to filippo scheggi local young architect from mm-hmm. siena who have been working in the vatican so he's expert about restoration mm-hmm. to restore the place making it uh, completely great to age the wine, to store the bottles, but at the same time respecting completely what was the history, what was the soul of the place. So basically he started this huge restoration of the cellar, just uh, cleaning everything, cleaning the walls, but leaving uh, like it was, leaving it like it was, trying to bring it back to the gold ages. And the only amazing thing that he did is... uh, transforming and that was very creative i have to say is transforming the old well that is over there and was containing water transforming it into a vertical cellar dedicated to the history of brunello so he put some circular stairs and that goes from top to to down and it's like you enter really in the in the history you enter in the and you feel this and you feel the importance of the brunello producers it's not only arciano there are all the most important producers of brunello di montalcino who made the history of this terroir show it there in the cellar and uh, we are we are proud of that yeah and by the way uh, one of the it's well, it's not the cellar not just arciano uh, there is some serious private collection of uh, French wines, and one area specifically of Ikem, amazing. It is called the Golden Collection. Yes. Golden Collection. I've never seen anything like it in terms of the private collection. So, um, Bernardino, thank you so much for hosting. Thank you. And I have my Argiano. Cheers. Cheers. And chin-chin with Italian wine people. And don't forget to tune in for the next episodes that will be on Italian wine podcast. It will go live. It will be replayed after the Clubhouse editions. And there will be, of course, Francaia, Piero Pan, Allegrini, Ratti, who else? Tornatore. A Tornatore, new entry. You know, I love that family. The Mrs. Tornatore makes a mean, mean vegetable dish, which I had the pleasure of eating. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, what is it, the vegetable, all the vegetable dish called? Ca- eh, caponata. No? Yeah, caponata. I think best caponata ever. So tune in. I don't think she'll be on because I don't think she speaks English, but tune in and follow us. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Okay, cheers. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our new Gallo Luxury Wine Portfolio Series. Tune in next Saturday for the next installment featuring another in-depth and intimate conversation with the heritage Italian wine producers that form the core of the Gallo Italian wine family. To learn more about today's featured producer, see our show notes and visit their websites. Don't forget to subscribe and like our show and tune in to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your pods. Hi 
guys, I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.